Blog Talk Radio. So, um, who do you think are the heroes for this younger generation today? Well, I mean, people like you with blog radio that you just found out that you blog radio shows. I mean, those are the heroes. Commend you for having this kind of discussion and commend your audience for listening. My pleasure. Have a good evening. Today, I am honored to have as my guest the mayor of Durham, North Carolina, Mayor William V. Bell. Well, I appreciate it, I admire you for, you know, taking on initiatives like this, you know. Thank you. That's something I can do. Continue to listen to Shirley's show and, uh, you know, others that haven't invited them to do so also. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Phil Perry. Well, the honor is mine. I uh, got this uh, information, as you well know, through the record company. You came very highly recommended. You're listening to Bar Rock Live. Indeed, you are. Good evening this Friday, April 10th. Good Friday it is, the Friday before Easter Sunday, and hopefully you'll have a prosperous and healthy weekend enjoying the time that you have with your family. Today I am very excited about the guest, Mr. Tony Mitchell. Tony is one of the leading teachers and coaches and counselors in the field of mind science technology. He is an expert actually, in neuro-linguistic programming. So he's going to join us tonight to talk about some of the techniques that we can use to improve our own lives. Um, You know, we've been programmed in life to believe, to act, to respond a lot of different ways, which results and carries over into our relationships that we have with other people. And one of the things that I firmly believe that if we don't work on improving our own selves personally, then we have a hard time dealing with various situations that we face every day. We tend to react rather than respond intelligently to certain situations in life. We all have things that we deal with on um, a personal level, emotionally, mentally, physically, or whatever the case may be. And as I said, that carries over a lot of times in the way that we deal with other people, and sometimes it could very well be unconsciously. So it's important to work on improving who we are and how we act and behave and learn techniques that will help us change the way that we think about situations, change our outlook on life by any means necessary. A lot of times, um, you know, there are a lot of opportunities out there today. Sometimes we have to take the time and invest money and time into learning how to go about being a better person, be it going to workshops, attending seminars, whatever the case may be, we need to use our time wisely and productively and spend time on working on us being better individuals and the best people that we can be. So Tony's going to join us in a few minutes as we continue the series on um, developing our social skills and improving our human relationships across all levels, not just with our families, but with our coworkers, with our friends, with strangers that we meet in the street, strangers that we have to deal with every day carrying out our general business matters. And he's on the line now. Tony, how are you doing this evening? Hey, I'm doing great. Better and better, as we say uh, here in the Silver Mine Method. <laughs> really good. Good to be with you this evening and good to be sharing the uh, some success ideas with your listeners. Oh, and we are so looking forward to hearing what you have to share. And hopefully the listeners have a pencil and some paper so they can take some serious notes. Yeah, that's good. Um, Do you want to take a moment, though, to explain this neuro-linguistic programming concept? Yeah, well, the neuro-linguistic programming is a method of reconditioning the mind at the subconscious level with transferring the thoughts, words, and feelings that we have from the negative belief structure that has been programmed in our mind to the positive belief structure. 
And when I teach the courses that I do in New York City with the Silver Mind Method, we incorporate the power of using the subconscious mind's ability to visualize positive, successful, and results that the students would like to create using both the NLP model, Neuro Linguistic Programming model, and the Silver Method model, which gets deep into the subconscious recesses of the mind. Absolutely. Now, let's talk a little bit about what's been programmed into our mind, and more specifically, the negative things. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, people aren't even aware. Oh yeah. You know that they have these negative attitudes or behaviors because they've been programmed subliminally. Exactly. And there are different methods that um, are out there mm-hmm. to plant these messages into people's subconscious mm-hmm. without them being aware of it. Oh yeah. And a lot of those, a lot of the problems that people have with achieving success um, is that their conscious mind may desire one outcome to be totally successful, totally happy in a loving relationship, totally prosperous, maybe wealthy, having established a business health-wise. But deep down in the subconscious recesses of the mind, they're bringing with them all their childhood beliefs, all their adolescent beliefs. And let's let's just say, for instance, uh, a situation which I deal with from time to time. A woman comes into my workshop and she really wants to have a loving, harmonious, caring relationship with a great person who's loving, caring, and, and uh, all the qualities that we would desire in a mate. Mm-hmm. Consciously, she wants this. But let's say she was raised in a family, and as a, a child, uh, around three or four, she saw her mother and father continually fighting. Maybe the father was abusive. And she gets the belief that this is the way relationships are supposed to be. She doesn't, recognize, she doesn't realize that that's, that childhood belief of what she thinks a relationship would be is carried from her parents' relationship, mm-hmm. but it's lodged in her subconscious mind. It begins to de- develop a belief system and a what is called a vibratory correlation in energy which as an adult begins to attract only those men from all the field of men she could have choices of. She attracts only those men who duplicate her father's behavior towards her mother because she thinks that's what she deserves. Well, not even thinks it. It's a subconscious compulsion. She wants something else, but she is compelled to attract what she doesn't want based upon that negative belief system. Because that's what she learned from the environment. Right, right. And children consider their parents to be gods. They consider their parents to be all-powerful, and this is the way life is. Even without them having to sit down and say, "Um, little um, Sally, this is the way life is, they don't even have to say that. They just pick it up by observation. And a lot of times I hear, and I hate when parents say this, don't do as I do. do oh, I do. right, <laughs> right. That doesn't register at all. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> and, when the child is watching you. That's right. Repeat this pattern of negative behavior yes. on a regular, constant basis. Yeah, and the interesting thing about the subconscious mind is that it it does not have a sense of humor, and it doesn't, it can't, it can't compute the word no. If I ask, I ask a person in, in, in my class sometimes, I ask the whole class, try not to think of a pink elephant or try not to think of the color blue. Automatically, you have to think of what you don't want to think of before you decide what not to think of. So the subconscious mind cannot process don't. So when a parent says, don't do as I do, do as I say, the child, that, that goes completely over the child's head. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep. So uh, how, how do, uh, if, if a person recognizes, for instance, this lady that you just illustrated, mm-hmm. it is a problem, how do you go about getting them to change the, their, their behavior on a subconscious level? Mm-hmm. Well, first step is to give them access to their subconscious mind. In other words, they should be able to um, enter into the subconscious realm of mind through maybe breathing techniques, meditation techniques, going down into what we call in certain workshops the basement of belief. And she should write down, uh, as she's there, what she really believes about 
her relationships in terms of how they are, um, what beliefs could support the negativity that she's in. Um, and once she's able to get into the subconscious realm of mind, these beliefs from childhood will start popping up. And one of the things that we sometimes have students do, we have them project back, even though they're adults, okay, project yourself back to your earliest memory of what you perceived in the relationship between your mother and father. And ask yourself, is there any type of residual belief or energy there that's attracting to you your current situation? Once they recognize the negative belief, then they can release it, dissolve it, let it go with some powerful powerful um, erasure techniques, which discreate negative belief structures. And then once those beliefs are uprooted, dissolved, and eliminated, then they can put on top of that the positive, life-fulfilling, life-supporting beliefs that they want and, and, and get you, what they want. And you said something key. You said the person has to recognize a negative belief. And yes. Sometimes people are walking around and they don't realize that something's not right with them. Mm -hmm. They think they're perfectly fine the way that they are. <laughs> right. Attitudes, behaviors, or whatever the case Right. You know, how do you get through to a person like that to get them to the level of realizing that, hey, you know, this isn't the right attitude to have. Mm -hmm. I need to change the way that I think. Well, we go about that by asking a series of questions. One of the most powerful is to have the person look at this current state of beliefs and ask, ask themselves, what would I have to believe in order to create a, a relationship like this? Or what would I have to feel in my heart in order to attract a situation such as this into my life? When they ask that question at a deeper subconscious level and just release and let go for a moment, answers, insights pop up from the subconscious mind to reveal exactly, in many cases, what the, the lifelong held belief is that's that's sabotaging their 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 relationship life. Mm -hmm. and yeah, those are very thought-provoking questions. Mm -hmm. The person has to be willing to do the work. Oh yeah, they have to. As as um, Reverend Ike once said, um, "It works if you work it, and if you work it, then yes, you can experience the uh, the benefits of health, happiness, love, success, and prosperity, and all the rest of it." But it's crucial to get to that subconscious causative level because, you see, what we recognize physically is only a reflection of the first cause, which is in the subconscious mind. When we see it physically, the spiritual foundation has already been established or the foundation in the subconscious has already been established, and then it comes out in terms of the physical fact in our personal life. But that's only the secondary causation. People have to go to the first cause to, to, to adjust their physical effects in life in whatever area they're, they're, they want to have success in. Absolutely. And I'm going to change the subject here a minute because um, mm -hmm. you did mention Reverend Ike. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am my, my first mentor and uh, my spiritual father. Absolutely. Do you want to talk about your experience um, sitting under his tutelage? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Well, when I first came to New York City in 1975, I I wanted to get into the television, act, act, the acting profession, acting profession, and I I discovered while I was in a class up in Harlem that if you could get a TV commercial on the air, that they would pay you as if you were working a nine-to-five job every other week with with pretty large checks. Um, and I didn't at that time want to become a taxi cab driver or a waiter or do any of these survival jobs that normal actors have to do bef before they you know, make it big in New York City. So when I went to Reverend Ike's, it was about the time that I discovered that, gee, I want to get a commercial on TV. And I learned from him early on uh, the power of the mind to visualize. I kind of have no. I had read. I had read a book called The Power of the Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murphy um, a few months before I attended one of Reverend Ike's services. But what Reverend Ike did for me is he um, 
deepen my understanding of how powerful the mind works. Everybody these days is talk usually is talking about visualization. But Reverend Ike, way back then, talked about feeling gets the blessing. And it's good to think positive, it's good to visualize, but we only visualize for the purpose of generating the feeling of ourselves already having what it is we want in mind. So when you see it in your mind, feel that it's happened, the more intense the feeling that you can generate, the sooner that will come to you. So I applied that to getting my first agent, which I got within about a month and a half. Mm-hmm. Then I applied that to getting, um, getting booked on my first national commercial audition. Went into, a, went into this um, audition with uh, no idea of what I was going to, uh, no idea of what I was, was, was expected of me. And um, I just visual, I sat down, in fact, I sat down in the chair in the corner when I first walked into the room. There were about 20 other actors there. And I just visualized for about three, two or three minutes myself and the director having a good rapport. When I went in, I did what he said. We had lived a scene on videotape. And um, I got the job. Out of logically, out of all other guys who should have been in line before me to get the job because they had more experience and probably more talent at that time as well. Yeah. Um, and for those who don't know, Reverend Frederick Eichwin Coder, mm-hmm. better known as Reverend Ike. Reverend Ike. Um, he was one of the first successful prosperity teachers. Preachers. Oh yeah, he was. As he well. was a pioneer. Oh, in fact, God. he was. He was a lightning rod <laughs> for a lot of people. <laughs> Because he was the first teacher to to say that hey, um, you can have your 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 abundance, your wealth, your prosperity, your success, along with love, health, happiness, and prosperity here, right here, right now. You don't have to wait till you die to experience it in heaven. You can have it right here, right now, because ideas make millionaires. Absolutely. I remember. I remember. And he, and he preached. He That's right. Prosperity now. Prosperity and, now. And he was known for that slogan, you can't lose. Lose with the stuff I use. <laughs> That's right. Don't tell me about, about, about by and by in the sky when I die. Right. I want my prosperity right here, right now with ice cream on top. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. he got it, too. <laughs> yeah, he got it. And, and in all these years, I looking back over that experience, Reverend Ike was then and for the most part is now one of the most excellent examples of a, a preacher or a teacher walking, talking the talk and walking the walk. I don't know of any other minister who has had Reverend Ike's level of abundance, success, and prosperity. And um, I, I knew some of his administrators. Yeah, that's right. He, he had the whole thing. And for him to dare to speak those messages back there, you know, in the early, like the sixties, early. 60s, oh yeah. He's a black man. That was, that was revolutionary. And now today, you see on uh, the TV, these uh, the t- television ministers and evangelists, they're talking about what he talked about way back in the yes. late seventies and early eighties. And it wasn't only about money with him. No. What really fascinated me about him is that he really compassionately wanted people to be prosperous. Oh, yeah. It wasn't yeah. like, okay, if you pay me $100, a $100 line, a $500 line, right. you know, come on up here and get the blessing. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I, I remember I, after I got out of college, I was with a sales company for about a year. And um, I was down in uh, Macon, Atlanta, Georgia area, and uh, some of the sales guys said, oh, there's this guy this Reverend, called Reverend Ike over in Atlanta preaching. Uh, he gives services, and he says, uh, tells the congregation at the con- collection, um, put paper bills in the uh, collection because change makes this minister nervous. I said, <laughs> what kind of what minister is this? And when I, I – I never did go out to see him in, when I was in Atlanta, but – when I eventually came to New York City, I went up to his church because I had been hearing, hearing so much about him. Mm-hmm. And as you said, he, he went much deeper than just money because if you really were in his, 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 his lectures on Sunday and especially his science of mind classes, mm-hmm. he knows that 
he made distinguishes between the conscious and the subconscious. He talked about the law of attraction way back then, the mental equivalent, how feeling gets the blessing, how um, I meet no one but me because we attract who we are deep inside. And he was very deep. And, and, and I would say this to this day, when he would walk out on stage, he was surrounded by this incredible force field of love and caring, and uh, you could just see it radiate from him on stage. Absolutely. That's amazing. Absolutely. And that must have been some dynamic time for you. Oh, yeah. Like that. But you said something important earlier also about visualizing. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we have these negative images about our lives or, um, mm-hmm. you know, what we expect in life. Yeah. It's, it's hard for some people to get past that. Right. What would you suggest as far as um, reprogramming? Oh, sure. <clears throat> well, I'll give you, I'll give you two ideas. I'll give you two ideas. One is the, um, what we do in the Silva method of um, mind development and success programming, which is at the subconscious level, after the person has gotten to that level through a series of breathing techniques and counting down and visualization exercises, then they imagine a screen in front of them, and they imagine either the problem or the existing situation framed in a dark blue color of light in front of them. What this does, this gives the subconscious mind a message as to where you're starting from and then where you want to go. So you look at this picture, the problem situation, for about maybe uh, 30 or 60 seconds, and then you mentally erase it or smash the, 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 uh, the screen or whatever, but dissolve it from your mind, and then you replace that image with the picture of what you want instead. So um, uh, just to give you a quick example, uh, there was a lady who was teaching before I came into the New York area, and she was uh, seven, she was $19,000 in credit card debt, and she wanted to get out of, the, um, out of that situation. She, did have it, she had no, no job at that time, no means of getting it, and so she would, on a regular basis, go to her level of mind, and she would imagine, one, the debt, but only once. When you do this technique, you just focus on the problem one time and one time only, which is probably the first time you, you do it. Uh, and then every succeeding time, she would imagine her stack of uh, credit card bills mm-hmm. and imagine her with a, um, uh, a red stamp marked paid and stamping paid, American Express paid, Visa paid, MasterCard paid, Discover paid. And she would do this, and she began to replace that negative uh, image of herself under a mountain of bills with uh, the feeling that she was getting out of it. And what happened was her brother-in-law, who she hadn't spoken to in years, sent her a letter. This was way back in the um, mid-'80s that he was working up in the Alaskan pipeline and that they were offering jobs up there for maids for $1,000 a week. When she first read the letter, she thought this was a misprint because who would pay $1,000 a week for a maid? Bottom line was she went up there and stayed for about a year, cleared up her credit card debt, came back to New York City with about $10,000 in her bank account, and problem was solved. So that's how uh, she got out of that situation using the visualization. The other, the other methodology is to visualize the problem situation in mind and then change this color from full color to black and white. And as you see it in the mind, the negative situation, imagine it going further and further back, further and further back. As it goes back, it gets further and further away from you. The picture gets smaller and smaller until it's about the size of a, a dime. And then it gets still smaller until it, boom, disappears altogether. At that point, then you can put in the positive image of what you want instead of the, of the problem or the existing situation. And this will help cleanse. There's a lot of other things, too, but those are the most, um, the simplest to explain over the phone right now. Um, so how important, though, is it for the words that we speak to line up with what we're thinking? Mm. It's very important because the words we speak um, translate into feelings that express belief systems at the conscious and subconscious level. And what we speak is what we attract t- towards us. Just to give you a quick example, there's a wo- woman in my class one day 
who uh, was uh, from, uh, she worked in New York City, and she lived in Newark, New Jersey. And um, going home to, to her apartment in Newark, she used to cross this big street, Broad and Market Street. And her silent words to herself used to be, as she was crossing the street, one of these days, one of these fools, meaning drivers, is going to hit me. One of these days, one of these fools is going to hit me. And I must have taken about must have taken about three or four months until she created that circumstance. She was going home one day, walking home. It was um, it was dark, kind of dark. The, the street was wet; it had just rained, but it was dry. It was had stopped raining at the time she was walking. A car came across the street as she was walking, making a right turn. Didn't see her. Hit her, knocked her down, fractured her hip, and severely injured her knee. And um, she was in my class after she recovered, but during the class she said, oh, now I see how I talked that accident up upon myself because I was saying those words that attracted the situation to me. Too bad she didn't take your class first, huh? <laughs> yeah, she would have saved her a lot of stress and strain and, so and pain. Of- Repetition of negative words definitely can create a self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting that words translate into feelings. Mm -hmm. So I would think that it's important when you're visualizing certain things, you want to feel the experience as well. Oh, that's that's the main thing. The The more intense the feeling the sooner the manifestation it used to, it used to, i used to have to, i used to think to myself when i about years or five or six years ago i said what is the, the difference between two people one person can come into the the class and they can want um <clears throat> either health healing or a better job or start a business or a car and um they'll both be working on the same similar, similar type of end result one person will get it within the first let's say two or three months or, or, or sooner, and the other person has been working on this thing for three or four years, and it still hasn't happened. And the answer to that is the difference is the person who manifests what they want first and more quickly is able to conjure, to generate the feeling of having even before it showed up physically. So feeling, as Reverend Ike always used to say, gets the blessing in every instance. Absolutely. Yeah. So how important is it to have goals? And, um... <clears throat> well, that, that's, that's probably one of the most important things that you can, uh, can do for yourself to create success is to set goals, meaning setting a direction for your mind. Your mind is always going to be creating. You're always, you have always something in the pipeline of, the law of attraction. Something is always coming to you. So if you have a goal of what you want to create, and when you set goals, it's important to write them down, step one. Just don't have them in your mind. It's, just, you know, it's a general idea. The more specific you can get with the goal, um, more specific and more detailed you can get with the goal that you want to achieve, the sooner and the more efficiently it will manifest in your life. And when you go up, when you get up every morning, you should have a goal as to what you want to achieve during that day. And before you go to sleep at night, you should have a goal. You should. I have a journal, a success journal, and I write out before I go to sleep the goals and objectives I need to accomplish the next day. And when I get up in the morning, I'll just go about the procedure of uh, achieving those things. When a person doesn't have goals then they're kind of like adrift on the sea of life. They, can have, they have to take whatever life gives them, okay. and um, that's not a very pleasant or happy experience to do. That's, that's very powerful, what you said, when you said setting a direction for your mind. Because mm-hmm. it's important for us to be careful what we um, listen to, for one thing, and what we watch. Oh, yeah. We're always being programmed, oh. whether we realize it or not. The programs that are on television, you know, the music that's being played today, all of that stuff contributes to programming our mind to react, you know, and behave Mm -hmm. in a certain manner. Especially right now with this uh, so-called economic crisis or downturn, 
And um, I have a friend named Andre Taylor who's, uh, uh, who was raised in Reverend Ike's church. His grandmother brought him there when he was about eight or nine, and now he's about in his mid-30s, got a successful family, a self-made millionaire, had a company. Uh, anyway, Andre um, was t- worked for a Reuters News Service at one point, and he was telling the class that I was in that he was teaching, he was saying, you know, there are writers, newspaper writers, that get paid a lot of money for writing the most negative headlines that attract more people to buy that particular newspaper's paper than any other. And in New York City, you've got the Daily News, the Post, and those are the two tabloids. And so people get paid large sums of money to outdo themselves in announcing the negativity of the world because they know that people are more attracted to purchasing a paper with negative news than with positive news. If you walk by a newsstand and the headline said, um, a danger, terrorist infiltrated the New York City subway system, they expect an attack between Monday and Friday of next week, watch out, people would snatch that up. If you pass the newsstand and says, oh, everything, beautiful weather next week, uh, everybody's getting along fine in New York City, the recovery is just about over, uh, blue skies and uh, clear sailing ahead, not too many people would purchase that paper. They they first go with the negative news. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's interesting that you would point that out because I was reading this book for school um, mm-hmm. called what is it called? It's called How to Read a Book, actually. Yeah. By um, uh, Mortimer um, Adler. Uh-huh. One of the things that he says in the book, and it's sort of what you're describing, and it says the packaging of intellectual positions. As view and views is one of the most active enterprises of some of the best minds of our days. Oh yeah. The viewers of television, the listeners to radio, the readers of magazines mm-hmm. presented a whole complex of elements, That's all right. the way from ingenious rhetoric to carefully selected data and statistics to make it easy for him to make up his own mind. <laughs> However, <laughs> he's really making up his own mind, or it's yeah. programmed to think and feel. It's being programmed. Mm-hmm. Because he goes on to say, and this is a short, a few more sentences, but the packaging is often done so effectively that the viewer, listener, or reader does not make up his own mind. <laughs> Instead, he inserts the package <laughs> option into his mind, somewhat like inserting a cassette into a player, <laughs> and all you do is just push the playback button. Yeah, but I'm yeah. amazed at how many people, and I call it the eyewitness news mentality, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, they don't realize they be, they're being programmed all this propaganda, yeah. and they keep regurgitating the same all old stuff. negative stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. And it seems like the uh, news stations on TV and radio are in competition to see who can <laughs> produce the most sensationalistic negative headline. <laughs> And I, I, I remember I remember being in a class with uh, Reverend Ike years ago, and he was saying, one of the most negative things you can do is watch the 11 o'clock news before you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you, you're taking all that stuff in, and if you have to happen to drift off before you go to sleep, all that stuff is going into your inner mind, on, almost at the subconscious level, and you wake up the next morning and wonder why you feel so bad and depressed. And I remember years ago, the, the Madison Avenue is really good at this, telling you how the sickness is, is going to get into your body. They used to have a hammer uh, hitting on a head and an anvil, a kind of a cartoon character, and a head, head and an anvil saying, this is Excedrin, hey, hey, number 219. <laughs> Take Excedrin to avoid the headache pain all that stuff. Absolutely. So it's definitely important for us to be critical oh, yeah. of what we listen to. And even the people that we surround ourselves with. Oh, and yeah. Especially when you're on this re- regime to mm-hmm. improve yourself and to change That's right. your lifestyle. That's you right. You definitely have to be selective about the type of material you listen to and the people that yeah. you listen to. Yeah. And one thing we find when, we, when a person really commits themselves to doing this positive work is that they begin to attract a new circle of more positive friends and associates, and the um, the other associates or friends they used to have, which are maybe at the more negative level, um, just um, fade out of their lives Absolutely. in a certain way. Absolutely. So it's definitely important when we're setting those goals to have personal development goals. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And and one thing with the goal setting, it's good to have. Uh, not only short-term goals, but medium-range goals and long-term goals. In fact, there's kind of a harmonic, harmonic frequency 
that happens with goal setting. And this this means that this is kind of involved, but I'll see if I can explain it pretty well. There's a part of the brain that is is programmed to attract a certain future into our experience. So if we set like a five or ten or twenty year goal, then and we're committed to that goal, that it's almost like sending out a an invisible energy field of ourselves out into the future, which let's say the person you're going to be so it makes it makes it more easy to explain. The person you're going to be ten years from today when you set that goal of what you want to have be and do with the ten years, that invisible energy source is on the subconscious metaphysical spiritual level sending you ideas, insights, guidance, and direction so that where you are now, you'll be able to get to where you want to be in 10 years more easily, more effectively, and more with more certainty as well. So that's why when you set goals, you can even go out as far as t- 10, 20 years and set the goal of, gee, what do I want to have in my life? How, what type of lifestyle do I want 20 years from today? Because that image will be... Uh, uh, almost like a living force, almost like a um, um, an invisible station sending you ideas of what you can do right here, right now, in the coming days and weeks ahead to get to where it is 20 years uh, from 10 or 20 years from now. And most likely, where you want to be will happen much sooner than that because Absolutely. you've set that goal. Absolutely, and you know, and not just goals, but set higher goals for mm-hmm. you know, for yourself as well. Yeah. I remember uh, Donald Trump saying, he said, look, you're going to be thinking anyway, so you might as well think big. <laughs> Absolutely. He's yeah. proved that to be true. Yeah. So, you know, and our belief system has a lot to do with who we are today and where we go in the future. Uh-huh. And placing a value on who we are yeah. um, is very important. And if oh, we yeah. don't believe that we're worthy or deserve to have that, mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to take the action steps necessary to make the changes. Yeah, it is. What would you say to someone that has that pessimistic view of themselves? Mm, I would say that they should um, get a book called The Science of Mind and realize that after they read it, they can realize that they are, uh, that the power of God is omnipresent, that the power of God is residing within them that they are created in the image and likeness of God, and that God wants you to be successful, God wants you to be rich, God wants you to be the happiest and most joyful person you can be. And once they delve into the spirituality of who they really are, their self-concept, and they can uh, feel that the God presence is expressing through them, talking through them, acting through them, thinking through them, then that will lift their self-image, their self-esteem, and they'll change from a person who um, says, well, I don't, I don't know if I deserve that or that's too good to be true, to a person who says, yes, I deserve it because I'm a child of God and um, I'm about the Father's business. And they go from undeserving to deserving and feeling worthy. And one of the most powerful um, emotions a person can have is a healthy level of self-esteem and self-love for themselves. Absolutely. And when they get into this um, regular spiritual study, it just doesn't happen once a week on a Sunday, in time they'll build such a self-image up and um, they'll, they'll change their entire life around completely. I remember, I remember if, if you ever visit Reverend Ike's church, there's a, a statement on the wall which reads, once you discover who you are, it doesn't matter what you've been. Mm-hmm. That's powerful, yeah. and that's true. Just change the way that you perceive yourself. You said, I mean, you said the title of the book was uh, "Science of the Mind," but it is a science. To oh yeah, the mind. It's a science as opposed to um, just wishing or praying for something to happen and hoping for the best. Science, mm-hmm. you have step one, step two, step three, step Proven four. techniques, absolutely. absolutely. Techniques, yeah. yeah, techniques that work yeah. every single time. Absolutely. 
And I know you had said earlier you only you had to leave. You can only do about a half hour of the show. So I want I'd like to give you some time right now to give out contact information. Mm-hmm. If any of the listeners want to contact you, okay, sure. Or whatever. Yeah, I can be reached through the um, link at the Silva site, which I do the Silva seminars in New York City at um, www. Silva spelled S I L V A Life. L-I-F-E, system, S-Y-S-T-E-M, dot com. And my email address is Tony Mitch, T-O-N-Y, M-I-T-C-H, 368, at Verizon, V-E-R-I-Z-O-N, dot net. And you can also, I know Carolyn Jackson, who is uh, one of the most valuable supporters of us getting more exposure at Reverend Ike's church and uh, myself. She's just put um, up um, Reverend Ike's interviews on YouTube. And I just saw, if you go to YouTube and put in Reverend Ike, um, you'll see him and one of them interviewing me on stage. Um, and I think <laughs> I think you get a lot of fun from that. He in, in, interviewed me after I did what is called the fire walk with the Tony Robbins group which is just a method of showing you that the mind can do anything that you focus in on. We walk, we actually walked on a 12-foot bed of hot burning coals on our bare feet without, with, without getting burned. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> and, 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 getting burned. Talk about mind over there, huh? <laughs> and, and, and the funniest joke that, that, that uh, Reverend Ike made on it when he found out I did it, he said, um, Jesus Christ walked on the water. Tony Mitchell walked on fire, and Reverend Ike walks on money. <laughs> that was funny. And you have a workshop coming up in New York City. Oh, yeah, we've got one coming up on April 25th and 26th. The workshop is on the, is, uh, on the SilvaLifeSystem.com site, and it's two full days from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. in the evening. We break for lunch, and we have a break about once every hour and a half. And it's all, it's about maybe 12 very powerful subconscious mental exercises that go to the depths of the subconscious mind to help the students program what they want, reprogram the mind, take out what they don't want, so that they can have the total fulfilling life of health, happiness, success, prosperity, overflowing money, and fulfillment in life. Absolutely, and thank you so much for providing that information. Yeah, you're welcome. So the series that we were doing, and I'm going to uh, wrap it up with this last question, Mm -hmm. give you the opportunity to comment on how important is human relationships um, today and the way we act, our our responsibility to having the best relationships with people uh, outside of and including friends, families, strangers, and people that we deal with on an everyday basis. You know, because there's so much negativity in the world. People have, and especially with the economy the way that it is and everything mm-hmm. that's going on, a lot of people walking around with bad attitudes. Oh, yeah. Uh, discourteous to each other. Right. And, you know, to me it's all about love. Show some right, love. Right, right, right. Wow, right. instead of a frown. Right, right. It's, it's very important, and um, I can give you one very powerful uh, it's called the blessing technique for dealing with people who are difficult, and um, it works wonders. Mm-hmm. Um, the technique is this. If there's somebody, someone you have, a, have difficulty with, a problem, had an argument or some dis- discord with, get out a piece of paper, <clears throat> write down on one, on one side all the things about that person that you it may take some effort, but that you like or that you feel um, that, that they're good qualities. Maybe they're, maybe they're negative in every way, but they're punctual. Maybe they're, maybe they're other things are bothering them, but they're generous. Maybe they're, um, they're clean and neat. Maybe they're organized. But find anything you can about this person that you like that you can praise and bless them for. After you've written that list, turn the paper over. And write out, write down all the qualities that they have that annoy you, that um, disturb you, that upset you, 
And after you've written out those qualities, leave a skip a line or two between each of those negative qualities. And after you've written, let's say, let's say 10 qualities out that really bug you, really disturb you, go over that negative list and transpose or transform each of those negatives into a positive. So if the person has a really a negative bad attitude, um, write down, I love you, I praise you for your positive, warm attitude. If the person is a, uh, um, a kind of a hateful person, write down, I love you and bless you for your sense of generosity and love and caring. And after you transform those negatives into positives, on a regular daily basis, do this. This is a thought experiment that anybody can keep up for a week. If you will take seven days to do this process, and it involves each of those seven days, maybe twice, once or twice a day, in your mind, you don't have to speak to the person, in your mind, visualize that person in your mind. As you bring that person to your mind, read in your mind all those positive qualities that were once negative that you have transposed into positive attributes. So you'd say, okay, I love you and I bless you for your generosity. I love you and bless you and I praise you for your, your being uh, patient. I love you and I bless you for your positive attitude. I guarantee you that within a week, five to seven days, without you having to say a word to that person, that person will begin to change their attitude, either quickly or slowly, but you'll see a definite change in attitude, and if you keep it up, you'll change them to um, you'll change them from the negative uh, negatives that they were expressing to the positives that you you wish they had, and that'll be the reality. Absolutely, that's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was reminded when you were saying that of the energy. You know, because it's, 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 you charge your atmosphere with the, either the negative or positive energy. Oh, yeah. That energy that you're projecting, that positive energy over that negative situation. Right. That's being trans, transferred right. to that person or even situations. Mm-hmm. To turn negative situations around in your life. Yeah. And, and not only that, but as you speak of energy, this energy has been scientifically proof, pro- proven. For instance, when... Um, Every year, as silver instructors, we have to go down to Laredo, Texas to get recertified. And um, one, one of the years we went down there, um, there was, they did an experiment. They had one group of um, mung, be- mung beans and another group of mung beans in a cup, a white cup. And we were told when we walked into the room every morning and every evening when we left, to one group had a plus sign on it, one group, one cup had a plus sign on it, one cup had a negative sign on it. As we were to pass the cups, we were to hold our hand over the positive side and say to the, to the plant, the mung bean plant, I love you and I bless you for your rapid flourishing and growth. And the other one, I curse you and I send negative energy to you to shrivel up and die. And at the end of uh, the conference, the positive cup was sprouting stems and leaves, <laughs> and the other one, the negative cup, was shriveling up and, and shrinking, and it looked like it was dehydrated. That's so that scientifically proves that when you praise and bless something, you are feeding it with life-sustaining energy and contributing to, to its growth. That is a phenomenal demonstration that mm-hmm. you mentioned. And that's true, you know, and especially in work environments. If you're always in a critical, negative environment, that's definitely going to have an impact on your health, oh, yeah. on your mentality, on Absolutely. your outlook on life and everything. Absolutely. You take that same person and put them in a negative, in a positive environment and start speaking positive mm-hmm. into their lives. <laughs> you know, their, their, their attitude changes. Yep. Yeah, and the behavior changes as well. Mm-hmm. On, on in, in in addition to that, there was a a story that the true story. There was a there was a there's a science of mind instructor by the name of Jack Addington years ago who had a church out in out in uh, San Diego, California, mm-hmm. and he used to do a lot of prison work. 
going to the prisoners and and teaching them about these principles of mind, changing their self-image from negative to positive. He was uh, talking to a new group of prisoners one day, and there was a guy in the in the class named Norman, and Norman stood up and said, "I don't believe the uh, this this." BS you're telling us about how thoughts can change things. He said, uh, I've been in here for three years, and my wife hasn't written, written to me in all that time. And he had two kids. And um, when they talked to him further, um, privately, he confessed to him that, to the minister, that he was planning, because of his resentment to his wife, he was planning how he would actually murder her when he got out of the prison because she had not written him in all this time. So the guy said, well, if you're willing to try this technique for a week, I think, or two, I think we can get her to send you a letter. He said, well, what's the technique? Well, he said, well, was there ever a time when you really and truly loved your life, your wife, you know, maybe when you first got married? He said, yeah, yeah, we, we were in love and we're, everything was happy for the first <clears throat> year or two. <clears throat> He said, well, your assignment is to, for the next week or two, every time you happen to think of your wife, don't think of the present state uh, that she's in, that you haven't gotten a letter from her. Think of the happy, loving times you had with her and your family and the two kids. So he did this process, and it was hard for him, but he managed to do it. And he came back to the next class beaming, smiling from ear to ear because for the first time in almost three years he had written, he had gotten a letter from his wife. And the letter in effect said, um, Norman, um, I hope you forgive me for not writing you for so long, but last week all of a sudden I was overwhelmed with feelings of great love for you and I forgive you for being in the prison and I'll be waiting for you when you get out. What a beautiful story, and what that, a beautiful letter for him to have received. Oh yeah. In and fact, what that did to himself. Oh yeah. In fact, when he when he when he was in the class to share it with this with the um with the whole other prisoners, a week or two later, he could only get halfway through because he choked up and was, was he had to give it to somebody else to to read. I can imagine. Yeah. That is phenomenal. That's amazing. It is. I would love to have you back on the show again, Tony. Yeah, I'd be glad to be back. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> back on very, very soon. Yeah, I, I've been, it's just been, I, I've been so busy this week, that's why I didn't get you the picture right away. I've been working with a stockbroker who's going to Spain Sunday, working with a publisher of a major magazine in New York City, working with a woman who has a restaurant in New York City, trying to get them to achieve the success they want. So I've been, this has been the, probably the the most busiest, busiest I've ever been, but I'd be glad and honored to do your show again. Well, thank you so much, and I'm glad that you're busy. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's uh, definitely a good thing, and I am so looking forward to coming to your workshop. Okay. Very, very soon. Yeah, okay, great. I, I guarantee you'll enjoy it, and it will be a life-enriching uh, experience and maybe a life-changing experience and as well. That's so much what I'm looking forward to. All right. Thank you so much for your time, and you have a blessed evening. Okay, have a great weekend. Okay, bye. And that is going to do it for our show today. I am your host, Shirley, and hopefully you've taken some careful notes. If you missed anything, do go into the archives and listen to the broadcast again and again. And please, um, Tony Mitchell gave out his contact information. If you're interested in learning more about the neuro-linguistic programming, and the silver, um, uh, the silver method. Do contact him as quickly as possible. That's going to do it for tonight's show. Have a great weekend.